0: What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Bradley Thompson here, and we are officially back with another episode of the Living the Canadian Dream podcast. No idea what episode number this is, but, um, you know, we're back and we're ready to rock. OK, we're on a weekly schedule now. I told you guys, 2022 is the year of the podcast. That's what they say. It's not the year of the dog, not the year of the rat. It's the year of the podcast. OK, I don't know why. It was in the calendar. I I don't know why, but it definitely is in the calendar. So I don't know. We're back. Um, Hope y'all are doing well today. Life's been crazy. But guess what? The Winter Olympics are on. That's basically everything. That is the most important thing right now. Nothing else matters. The Winter Olympics are on. I don't know about you guys, but I have been absolutely hooked on the Winter Olympics. I know there's a lot of controversy. I know there's a lot of stuff going on with China with um, obviously human rights and stuff like that, but we're talking just based on sports. The winter Olympics are hands down, I would say just overall, some of the most intense entertaining sports of all time. Okay. We got speed skating. We obviously got, you know, snowboarding, skiing. We got cross country skiing. Okay. We got curling. Okay luge double luge okay bobsled lots of stuff there okay i absolutely love the olympics you know last year was the summer olympics which is great i just love the not even the environment because i'm not even there okay but just having the olympics on um in the background while you're doing something you know just sitting down chilling watching some random event that you've never watched at any point in time in your life, or, you know, any event that you probably would never schedule in your daily planner to watch. And it's just enjoyable. It's entertaining, people chasing their dreams and, you know, people at the top of their sport trying to win a gold medal. That's what it's all about. That's the Olympic spirit. That's the Olympic spirit sitting down on the couch, supporting your country or just any country and just being entertained by professional athletes that are just doing the best that they can in whatever sport it is, whether it's curling or darts. Darts are not in the Olympics, but they should be, okay? And let's make that very, very clear. But I don't know, man. The Winter Olympics are super dope, though, in all honesty. Um, I've been watching random sports, speed skating, short track speed skating. Never got into it before absolutely amazing. Exhilarating. Okay. Edge of your seat. I don't care if we're talking speed skating, um, like the 500 meter or the thousand meter or the relay, the relay is just absolute chaos. Super entertaining. I highly recommend watching speed skating to everybody. Okay. It's funny because a few years ago, I want to say like three years ago, um, I did a speed skating program in Oakville. I was just like, one day I was just like, I want to try speed skating. I'm going to try giving speed skating um, a go. I always played hockey, you know, growing up. I was in rep hockey, you know, up until high school. And then I obviously got injured. Um, And I've talked about that many times on this podcast. You know, I got a concussion in high school from hockey. So then I stopped after that. Um, It was a bad concussion and that's why I stopped. Um, But I was just like, you know what? I'm going to give speed skating a try. I love obviously skating. I love just being in the rink and going flat out. Speed skating is different, though. The skates that you use are different. Um, the technique is a little bit different. Even though you know I could skate no problem in hockey skates, speed skating st- uh, skates require a different technique. You know, using the edges of the blades. Totally different stride. Um, so it was definitely a very very interesting experience. You know, after a little while, I did it for a few months. After a little while, I got the hang of it, um, was starting to, you know, actually be able to speed skate a little bit. Um, but it's a super cool sport. And I haven't actually watched speed skating before. Um, not much, like here and there. But to sit down and watch, like, I'm going to watch, you know, the qualifying events and stuff like that. Because they were just playing it. Really cool. Highly entertaining. I, I definitely recommend it. The speeds that these guys are going at, and girls, um, Flying craziness. I, I don't know. High, uh, short track speed skating, one of my favorite things right now. Short track speed skating, one of my favorite things right now. On top of that, one of my other favorite sports, cross-country skiing. I recently got into cross-country skiing. Um, I went like last year for the first time with my mom and my dad. We went up north. We went speed skating or um, cross-country skiing. See, I'm, I, I'm so passionate about both of these things. I'm so passionate about both of these things that I can't get my my head off of speed skating. But we went cross country skiing a couple uh, last year, I think it was, and you know, super fun time, great exercise, absolutely destroys the legs because you're using different muscles than you would for things like running and biking, which is very very weird. Okay, um, and obviously my technique is absolutely horrible. Um, my te- <laughs> my ability. To cross-country ski may be a little bit different than others so i may be overusing some muscles um, because of my technique but super fun um, so me and my mom were just like uh, my mom and i we were just like oh let's get into you know cross-country skiing because uh, where we live there are tons of cross-country skiing trails and you know you don't have to pay every time you go like you would for downhill skiing right um The minute you have a park pass for some of these places, you can just go with your park pass. You have your yearly park pass. You're good to go. There's even like local trails that, you know, people cross-country ski through um, that you don't have to pay anything, but definitely worth it to pay for um, the park pass at the parks that we go to because they actually groom the trails. So we've gotten into cross-country skiing this year as if I need one more hobby to add to my life, but that's just how it goes. Brad just adds hobbies to his life. I already have a busy schedule, but I'm going to keep adding stuff because why not? Um, But honestly, cross-country skiing, one of the best cross-training hobbies to have, especially when it comes to the sports that I do, running and biking. Cross-country skiing is a great alternative for cross-training. You know, there are many people that do cross-training in the winter months that are cyclists or runners. Um, Similar to how many, you know, cyclists and runners, they do speed skating in the winter months as well. Um, so definitely a great, um, opportunity for cross training, but it's just great to get outside, you know, especially in the winter months, I don't go outside a lot, you know, it's too cold. I don't like to run outside and, you know, I slip on the ice, or I you know, twist the knee or anything like that, twist an ankle, um, because I just want to run outside. Um, I don't do a lot of outdoor running in the winter. I s- stay on the treadmill a lot, which, you know, a lot of people may be totally against, which I totally get. Um, But it's just like, it's so weird in Canada. Like it gets dark so early. So by the time you finish work, it's already dark outside. And to go outside in the dark, running on snowy paths or running on icy paths, just not even worth it. It's just not even worth it because, you know, the minute you get an injury, you're off for, you know, (laughs) a couple months after or a few weeks after. It's just going to be a pain. So I try to avoid all that. Um, and I try to do a lot of treadmill running. So cross-country skiing has been able, has forced me to get outside more, which is great. It's great to get in the trails. Um, and it's lots of fun. It's super fun. Um, when I first started this year, um, I bought used skis. I bought new shoes, um, which were great. The new boots were great because a lot of the traditional cross-country ski boots are just I don't know. They're like the old school boot design. They're not warm at all. Your feet just freeze. So I got these new, this new boot design, which are super comfy, um, you know, and they're warm, which is essential for being outdoors. So I've been getting into cross country skiing. It's been fun. I've been going to the local trail uh, with my mom, you know, once a week or twice a week and it's been a great time. It's, it's, you know, absolutely fun shredding through the trails. The first couple of times I went, I ate shit multiple times. I just could not stay on my skis, especially going downhill. Oh my gosh. Just the minute there's a turn on a downhill, I was going down, but I'm finally starting to figure out how to cross country ski. It's weird because I know how to snowboard. I never did downhill skiing before. I've never done that before. Um, But I know how to water ski. I used to water ski all the time at my cottage growing up. So that's my only skiing ability is water skiing. Um, obviously, cross-country skiing is totally different. If I knew how to downhill ski, that would be a lot easier when it comes to cross-country skiing. Um, but I'm starting to get the hang of it, especially for the downhills. Uh, but it's, it's been super fun. Um, lots of technique involved for cross-country skiing. And as I said before, you're working different muscles. And I definitely feel it the day of. The next day after I do a cross-country skiing session, you know, I'll go out for, you know, eight kilometers, 10 K, um, and do a bunch of Hills and stuff like that. And I definitely feel it. It's totally different than running and biking. I don't know why, but it is, but I'm starting to get the hang of the technique, the technique in cross-country skiing, especially going uphill. It's super weird. It's super tricky. And, you know, you're working your full body. It's not just legs. Um, you're working your full body. And it's just, it's just a grind. And, you know, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. So if anybody cross country skis (laughs) in the Toronto area, hit me up. Let's go cross country skiing. Okay. I know some awesome trails. I need a buddy. Okay. I need some buddies to go out cross country skiing with, because, you know, from what I see on the trails, there's not a lot of younger people doing cross country skiing. Um, A lot of, older people doing cross-country skiing, which is great. Um, you, know, you know, you always see like, um, you know, husband and wives going out there and they're older, they're probably retired. And then there's me just trying to go as fast as I can across on the on the hills and trails. But um, I'm getting better, which is nice. And it's been lots of fun to just go out with my mom, enjoy the trails. You know, she does her own trails. I do my trails. Um, I've been trying to do lots of hills because I find those super entertaining. They're challenging. They destroy the legs going up them. And then I try not to um, absolutely crash and fall on my face going down them, which is great. Um, the other day I was, I, I kind of got lost in the trails, but it worked out the way the, the place that we go. Um, they're well-marked and they always loop back into each other. So I was fine, but I started going on to this trail that I've never been on because I kind of missed the turning point. And I was on this trail and I was just like, okay, I, this is different than what I've been on before because I didn't recognize it. And then there was a few gnarly hills that were super fast, super steep. And I absolutely almost ate it going down these hills. It was real sketchy and it was starting to get dark um, because I went after work. It was like getting a little bit dark. I'm just like, okay, just stay on your skis. Don't fall. And Let's just get out of this out of the section of the trail. just not worth it to fall, especially when it's getting dark. I don't want to break a leg or anything like that. so um, I survived, but definitely worth it if you're looking for a fun thing to do um you know, especially if you're looking to get outside. We don't get outside enough, especially when it's the winter, you know, especially when you're adults, you don't really get outside. you go outside for a walk and stuff like that or maybe a run um but I don't cycle in the winter I'm not. A crazy person people that cycle in the winter oh my gosh i don't get that you're wearing like you're wearing like a parka and um you're wearing a toque on top uh, underneath your helmet you gotta wear mittens not doing that you gotta wear like 15 layers to not freeze and you gotta wear like a face mask like what are we doing I don't, I don't understand people that cycling in the winter in Canada. I get it. If you don't have like a trainer or anything like that, but trainers are cheap enough that you can get them nowadays to not freeze outside. Just not even worth it. Especially if you have a smart trainer, like going outside, it's just like, doesn't even make a difference in the winter. So I do not go outside to ride in the winter. Cause I'm not a crazy person. Okay. I'm not a crazy, crazy Canadian. Okay even though I know there are some people I saw somebody the other day running outside in shorts. It's like minus 15. You're running outside in shorts. And quite frankly, that's the most Canadian thing that you will see. And people will be, you know, driving by and they'll be like, Oh, that's, you know, just crazy Tom over there running in shorts, whatever, because you see it all the time. I don't understand it. I'm Canadian. I've been here my entire life. I am, not, I am not running outside in shorts in the winter. There's snow on the ground. You wear pants. If there's snow on the ground, you wear pants, okay? That's the rule. That's the golden rule as a Canadian. If there's snow on the ground, you got to wear pants, okay? Running outside in a t-shirt, shorts, I don't understand how people don't get pneumonia, okay? If I did that, I'm probably going to the hospital because that's how I'm getting sick. Crazy. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't care how long I live in Canada. I don't care how old I get. I will never understand those people that run outside in shorts and a t-shirt when there's snow on the ground. I don't get it. I don't get it. But, um... You know, I've been loving the Winter Olympics. They're great. Great entertainment. Um, Great to see Canada on the world stage crushing it. Great to see OGs, veterans like Sean White, doing their thing. Always entertaining to see, you know, people coming back to defend their Olympic gold medals. Fantastic. I absolutely love that. I love the stories. Um, You know, there's just so many great stories, especially when it comes to the Olympics. And you get to find out about people that you probably would have never heard about, um, would have never followed before. And, you know, it's just, you know, a great showcase for athletes, right? Whether it's in, you know, random sports that you've never watched before in your life or, you know, sports that you have watched. I don't know. I've been watching a lot of random sports though, like the luge. I don't know if anybody watches the luge, but definitely very, very entertaining. Like it's crazy how precise you have to be in a sport like that, because it comes down to like hundreds of, of a second. And if you make the slightest error, you're done. You're going from first place to 30th or to 50th place because the slightest mistake can cost you. And it's so interesting to see. I still don't know. Okay. I'm 27 years old. Okay. I'm in my late 20s. I've been watching the Winter Olympics every four years, forever. Okay. And I still don't know how they steer the luge. I have no idea. I've looked it up online, and I still don't get it. Articles say, like, with your calves, with your shoulders, with your feet. I don't know how they steer the luge. I have no idea. Can somebody please explain this to me? Because I don't know. I've been trying to figure it out, and I just don't have the capacity to figure out how do they steer the luge? And let me take that a step further. How do you steer a luge? Okay. Maybe you have the answer to that. How do you steer the double luge? You're sitting on top of another person. The second person can't see because they're behind you. They're just looking up at the sky. How are you steering the luge? I assume it's the exact same technique, But I see like a little string that the second guy has. I have no idea what's going on. Okay. All I know is that they're going fast and they got to be precise. And, you know, fast, precise technique, fast, precision technique. You got me hooked. I'm there. Okay. I don't know what you're doing, but I'm there. And I, I really hope somebody can break that down for me because I truly have no idea what they're doing. And, you know, that's the beauty of the Winter Olympics. You get to find out sports that you would have never necessarily watched before in your life. And that's the beauty of the Winter Olympics. Um, Oh, another sport that I like. You ever see the uh, the sprint cross-country? So it's like, you know, standard cross-country skiing, but it's a sprint. So these guys are going flat out. I don't know how many kilometers it is. It's short. Maybe it's like 5K. And 5K would take me probably probably close, you know, 45 minutes to an hour to do. These guys are doing it in like 10 minutes. It's crazy. It's absolutely insane. There's carnage everywhere. People taking hills the wrong way. If you misstep, you're losing. These people are zone five heart rate out of the gate. It's crazy. I highly recommend the sprint cross-country races. They are insane. It is just like a high intensity sprint literally for the entire race. And it's, it's, it's incredible to see. And these guys are going up hills and they're making them look like it's just flat. It's, it's insane. I do highly recommend that, but, um, yeah, I don't know. The winter Olympics are great. I always love watching the winter Olympics, you know, just sitting down, having a cup of Joe, having a cup of Java and just watching the winter Olympics. It's just fun. It's just great entertainment. And, um, you know, it's great to see all the athletes out there doing their thing. And um, doing the best that they can, because that's what it's all about. It's really weird, though, with the Winter Olympics this year, because it's in Beijing again, which is weird, just in general. Because when you think of the Olympics, you think, you know, they should be switching every single year. But obviously, there are, um, (laughs) I would say the Olympic um, organizers definitely have some corruption in there. And I think it's pretty well known, because certain countries get awarded the Olympics a lot more often than others. I don't know how the awarding process goes, but let's just say, I don't think they're giving everybody a fair opportunity there, okay? Um, I don't know. But um, it's one of those things, like it's in Beijing again, which is weird because it was in Beijing you know, recently. Um, But when you think of the Olympics, you think, oh, it should be going into different places all the time. But I guess, um, I don't know if it's because the Olympics don't make as much money as they want, uh, as, as they think, uh, as they used to maybe um, for spectators, but I think usually they do bring in a lot of money, but definitely when it comes to the development of the Olympics, I think that's the real issue is that, you know, developing all these stadiums, making sure everything is to the standard that it needs to be. Um, but it's crazy. It's just, it's just weird that it keeps going to the same places. But aside from that, um, it's weird that it goes to places like, for example, the winter Olympics. It's weird that it goes to places that shouldn't really have them. The Beijing Olympics, I was reading an article, and the Beijing Olympics is making literally all of the snow themselves. They don't have natural snow on the ground. It's all man-made snow, which is weird because it's literally the Winter Olympics. And you don't have natural snow to sustain the Winter Olympics. I get it to have some man-made snow to top off, you know, the ski runs, make sure everything's to the quality that you need it to be. But to have it as like 100% man-made snow, that seems a little insane to award a place to host the Winter Olympics that can't even make their own snow. I find that a little weird, but call me a skeptic. Call me a skeptic. I don't get it. Um, I feel like that's weird. That's like, you know, giving it to a country in the Caribbean that cannot sustain snow. (laughs) It's the same sort of thing. Like, oh, you can't produce natural snow. So we're just going to man, you know, make a man-made. I don't know. Even obviously in the Caribbean, you wouldn't be able to sustain it. But maybe in certain areas of the Caribbean, maybe we can see a TNT Olympics, Trinidad and Tobago Olympic for the Winter Olympics. You never know. You never know. I'm calling it now, calling it now. And it's all like indoor facilities. Imagine. Cause it's like the same thing, right? Like whether it's indoor facilities or outdoors, like it's still man-made snow. So the conditions are not going to feel the same. And that's, that was my like question is just like, wouldn't, wouldn't it be better if it was just natural snow? Because I, I don't know if it makes a big difference for snowboarding, but I'm sure it does for snowboarding and skiing that, These guys are professional athletes, um, you know, and they are used to obviously probably man-made snow, but also natural snow and the snow must feel different. Right. I think man-made snow, gets a little bit more icy, um, than natural snow. That could just be me just overthinking, but that's my thought because I know whenever I go to Glen Eden, it's always icy, maybe it's just the weather there, um, But whenever you go to Glen Eden Ski Hill, it's like super icy. Whereas if you go up into Barrie, you know, the snow is a lot better because it's like natural. Um, I don't know. That just may be me overthinking this whole situation. But all I know is that it's weird that you have the Winter Olympics in a place that does not produce real snow. I want you all to ponder that. Okay. It's a very, very interesting thing to ponder. Why are we doing that? I don't know. It's even like um, the Tokyo Olympics. They had the, um, the Tokyo Olympics. They had the Summer Olympic Games in Tokyo. But there was a real issue for certain sports that were, in the, that were like water-based sports because the water was contaminated. I remember that, I think it was the Olympic test event in Tokyo, if I'm not mistaken, um, for the triathlon. They had to cut, I think it was the women's triathlon, um, the swim portion out, if I'm not mistaken. If I'm not mistaken, they had to cut the women's portion out. But there were definitely, um, I read articles um, leading up to the Olympic test event that were mentioning things like, um, you know, the, the quality level of the water and that they have to take it day by day, um, which is a real issue. Because, you know, if you get a, you know, an illness or a disease from the water, like That water should not be swamming. that water, there should not be people in that water, right? So if you have a facility that you're supposed to be doing sports on, but you actually can't do the sports in them in a safe way, I feel like that's a real issue. I remember going to a beach, um, I think it was like Crystal Beach or whatever. This is Ontario, this is not a great beach, right? It's as good as you can get in Ontario. And you know, we went to this beach, we drove like two and a half hours to this beach, and there was a big sign, and people, and like actual like park rangers or whatever beach rangers that were at the at the actual entrance, and they were telling everybody like, "Hey, um, there's E. coli in the water. We recommend that nobody swims, um, obviously because it's a high level of E. coli." Okay, and you know that's what you get for you know going to a beach, even though it's so far on the other side of Lake Ontario. It's still Lake Ontario, and. We all know how Lake Ontario is, okay? We all know how it is. I don't care if it's on the other side of Lake Ontario, it's still Lake Ontario. Um, but yeah, we went to that beach, drove all that way, and then you can't even swim. But you could at your own risk. And that's exactly what people were doing. They were swimming at their own risk. Do you think Brad went in that water? Nah, absolutely not brad was not stepping foot into that water there's a couple people that were with that like sort of went in to wet their feet and stuff i'm not even wetting my feet okay i'm not catching e-coli absolutely not and there's just like kids swimming in there probably like drinking the water spinning it out people swimming enjoying it absolutely not it was a It was a land day for Brad. It was, (laughs) that day was all about being on land. And that's exactly what I did because I'm not getting E. coli at a beach. So it's weird that you have like the Summer Olympics in a lake that has, you know, issues with it. You know, whether it's E. coli or other illnesses and bacteria. So I thought that was interesting. So that takes us back to the idea that, hey, maybe we should find some better locations for Olympic events to make sure that not only are they safe, but you can actually do the events there in a natural way. Okay. We shouldn't have to build man-made mountains. Okay. Let's not do that. Let's move on from man-made mountains and let's start using the earth. Okay. And I think that's what it's all about. Okay. That's what the winter Olympics and the summer Olympics are all about. Let's find places where you can actually do the events. Okay. And I'm not being a hater. I'm just giving a shout out. Okay, giving a shout out. Um, we're officially in February, okay? It's still cold outside, lots of indoor training. But the great thing about February now is that things are finally opening back up in, in Ontario. So we've been locked up, okay? Because of the second, I was gonna say second wave, because of the 32nd wave of COVID, um, we've been all on lockdown because of the Omicron, or as they say, the Amarion um, variant. So we've all been locked down, um, and it's officially back up, which is great. That means your boy can finally go back to the pool, um, can finally go back to the gym. I've been working out, obviously, in the pain cave, got my own squat rack and stuff like that, because I was very, very lucky and fortunate that the minute COVID actually was starting, this was a while ago. I think I talked about this on a previous podcast, but when COVID was starting and everything was starting to get locked down right and there was a concern that things would get locked down i immediately went and ordered myself a squat rack i was buying some you know like a workout bench and stuff like that and then things locked down and i already had it ordered and stuff like that and i was just very very lucky the minute like things started slowly closing and everybody you know the situation was becoming more apparent that it was going to be very, very serious. I was very, very lucky in that I was able to buy this stuff because, you know, the last two years to try to buy a weight set, dumbbells, people are selling them for crazy amounts of money and they're not even worth it at that price. So it's great to finally see gyms and stuff opening back up restaurants. I went to the restaurant the other day, haven't been able to do that for, I don't even know how many months it's been. Um, And it's great. It's great to see restaurants finally back. Back open, you know. Um, you know, it's it sucks to not be able to sit at a restaurant, but it's great to finally sit down in a restaurant and to see, um, you know, these restaurants given an opportunity to try to make a living and keep the doors open. It's it's been crazy, COVID's been crazy, and you know, it's important to stay safe, it's important to, you know, keep wearing a mask, you know, get vaxxed up, as they say. Um, but you know, like it's sad to see the local businesses struggling um, because they're not able to keep their business open because of the lockdowns and the restrictions. So the lockdowns are officially done. It's like 50% capacity or something like that. So, you know, better than nothing. Um, and we're, you know, I went to the restaurant the other day, I went to this Italian restaurant, the small Italian restaurant called Amici and it was fantastic. Great. Just sitting in a restaurant, once again, sitting in an old school Italian restaurant, having some fresh handmade pasta and you can see in the distance, like the people working in the stone oven. Absolutely amazing. I love that. I love sitting, on restu- I love sitting in restaurants and eating out. Um, that's one of my favorite things to do. That's one of my favorite things to do is just having a meal in a restaurant and just enjoying the ambiance, just enjoying the day out. Um, but definitely gyms are open. You can finally go back to swimming, which I'm super excited about because it's been real tough to try to get into a swimming schedule because every time I get into a swimming schedule, things get locked down again. So, you know, hopefully things stay open. Um, hopefully I can get into a consistent swimming schedule and I can do some triathlons because up until this point in my life, it's been all about duathlons because everything, um, you know, there's no opportunity to swim because it just keeps locking down. So I don't know, this is my PSA, stay safe and, um, you know, be good out there, be nice. Okay. Some people are being absolutely insane out there. Be nice. Okay. We all need to be nice to each other and think about other people. Okay. Think about people that are at risk. Think about the older generations that are at risk, people that have underlying medical problems. You know, people have lost family members, friends to COVID. Be nice, be respectful. Okay. Wear a mask, get faxed up, do your part. Okay. And that's my PSA a good person. Literally costs you $0 to be a good person. And that is the message of today's podcast. Okay? That is the message of today's podcast. And that brings us to the book of the day. The book of the day is going to be Draft Animals by Phil Gaiman or Gaiman. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but it's Phil and he's a YouTuber. Now he's a YouTuber. Um, he used to be a pro cyclist. It's called Draft Animals Living the Pro Cycling Dream. Once in a while. Fantastic book. I really, really enjoyed this book. Um, If you're looking for an easy read um, and to sort of learn the behind the scenes of the peloton, the pro cycling lifestyle. um, And it's not just from the perspective of like somebody that's just killing in the game, but you know, somebody that's struggling to do their best in the cycling world at the top level. So I highly recommend this book. It's fantastic. I really, really enjoyed it. And I even got one of his other books um, called Pro Cycling on $10 a Day, which I believe is his first book that he wrote. Um, so I actually recently bought that. But I've been reading a lot of cycling books lately and I've been loving it. I've been loving it. So I'm reading that book. I just finished that book recently, but I'm also reading a book right now called Faster, which has been great so far. And I'm listening to that on an audiobook. But I've been listening to a lot. And reading a lot of cycling books lately and they've been great a lot of biographies but also a lot of like cycling books by like scientists and stuff like that Anyway, way that brad can produce more watts okay more watts okay that's what we're all about my fiance the other day literally yesterday we we're talking about i don't know i was probably saying something silly about working out um, that i was done my bike workout and then i was out there you know suffering I was out there selling, you know, absolutely sacrificing my soul to Zwift. And she's just like, wow, you got to push those watts. You got to push that wattage. And I was just like, wow, you really understand me now. This is what it's all about. You really understand the terminology. And that's all I care about. She said, you got to keep pushing that wattage. And I love that. I love that. That made me so happy to feel understood. Okay. That is my story is to push that wattage. Um, I don't know, man. Life's crazy. Try and keep up with that training plan. Getting back into it. I've been sort of fighting this little virus that I have. I have like a little like chest virus that I've been dealing with over the last few weeks. So I haven't been able to, you know, go all out in my workouts. I'm finally getting back back into the intensity and the volume, which is great. Um, Yeah. And I've just been trying to fight this silly virus. It's impossible. It's been, it's just, I had this cough and it's crazy. And I've taken so many COVID tests. So let's be very, very clear. It's not COVID, knock on wood. Um, I've taken so many different COVID tests. Um, but yeah, it's just like a virus. It's just a viral infection. Um, and it's just something that I've been dealing with. And it's, you know, it's an important reminder because a lot of us take for granted our health, um, feeling good. And the minute you get sick, whether it's something like as, light as a viral infection or a cold, you know, it takes a lot out of you. It takes, you know, a few days of rest at least. And I've been dealing with this the last few weeks. Um, but, and that's on the really, really lights, uh, side of things. So it's just important to remember, um, the importance of, you know, being happy, being positive that you're healthy, because health is such an important thing. You know, we take for granted our health on a daily basis in a lot of cases, right. Um, But that stuff is so crucial, right? The minute you don't feel well, you don't have the energy, you don't have the motivation, um, and you just want to get better. But you don't sort of think about that stuff and, you know, appreciate your health until you get sick, which is, I don't know, I I don't know if it's just me, but that's unfortunately how it is, uh, is that you don't really appreciate your health until you get sick. So, you know, this is sort of, I guess, the day where you can appreciate your health and just feeling good and feeling good enough to go after it day in and day out and feeling good enough to wake up in the morning and give it your all. That's what it's all about. So, you know, if you're not feeling great, if you're going through something, you know, everybody's got their own battles and stuff like that. But, you know, as I was saying, like the minute you get sick, that's when you really start to appreciate the importance of health. And, you know, it's important for us to sort of change that and appreciate our health every single day, okay? And that's what I want you all to do this week. Appreciate your health every single day, the opportunity that you have to wake up, to get after it, and to just do your best because that's what it's all about. We just gotta do our best, okay? So the question of the day, let's say our question of the day, um, this is something that you can ponder this week, is that, do you appreciate your health? And that's what I'm going to leave it as is, do you appreciate being healthy? Okay. Because that's something I think that a lot of us need to remember is that, you know, we're so lucky that we're given opportunities every single day to go at it, you know, to go through it. And we can't take that stuff for granted. Life's too short. You never know what hand you'll be dealt. So, you know, got to do the best that you can with the hand that you have and just get after it. So. Keep working hard y'all. And, um, I think that's it. I was getting all emotional out here. Um, trying to be (laughs) positive and just think about your health. You know what I mean? Like just keep, keep getting after it. Uh, but that's it for today. Um, thank you everybody for listening and supporting the podcast. I got lots of guests coming up so you don't have to just hear me, um, rant and rave about luge at the, at the winter Olympics. You can actually listen to some great conversations with some amazing individuals. So stay tuned for those, um, uh, those episodes. Also, please make sure that you like subscribe, all that sort of good stuff and leave a rating. Leave a five-star rating. Spotify officially has, you know, rating systems in their podcast. So leave me a five-star rating, um, share it with your friends. And I appreciate all the support over the years. It's been, it's been a journey. It's been fun. Um, but I'm happy that we're finally back in the, you know, a consistent podcast schedule because I got to get some stuff off my chest and I'm out here trying to, make a living as a rapper, because that's what we're all trying to do is making a living as a rapper. Okay. Um, We'll catch y'all later. Thank you for listening and we'll see y'all next week. Peace out.